if you're anything like me, uh, life can get very busy, right? And I know this is Easter, and it's great, and we can kind of grab a picture with our families and think about all those different pieces, but then also um, it's trying to get everybody out the door on time, right? Trying to get everybody here and just uh, make sure everything's going. And so my prayer is over the next few moments, we can just kind of, you know, take a deep breath and just receive God's word, receive what he would have for us here this morning. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for each and every person that's here this morning, God. We believe that you're alive and working here today and that each and every person who can hear the sound of my voice, God, can hear this for a reason, God, that you have a divine purpose for their life. And I just pray that you would speak to our hearts here today. I pray that if we uh, came to church this morning and we're carrying anything that just feels overwhelming or, and just the weight of our shoulders, I pray that we can just take that off and we can lay it at your feet, Jesus. I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. And I pray that your word just moves inside of our hearts and that the Holy Spirit will do what the Holy Spirit does, and that is change lives, God. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Well, Easter is a big deal uh, here on Easter Sunday, and you probably have seen uh, all these Facebook ads, all these posts and everything around town because Easter is this season. And in fact, Easter is the hinge for the Christian faith. Uh, the resurrection of Jesus is a big deal, and hopefully you'll see why by the end of this message. But last week, uh, we talked about Palm Sunday, right? And how Jesus came in, and for the very first time, not only himself, but the entire crowd confessed him as Lord, confessed him as King. And they were laying palm trees down as the donkey and the colt would come through the crowd. But then soon, from Sunday to Friday, we see that the crowd turned. And they were the same crowd that was laying the palm trees down. All of a sudden, were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. And on Friday, he was arrested. And on Friday, he was sent to the cross. And there would be no resurrection without the cross, right? There would be no, uh, he is alive without the death. And at the cross, Jesus took on all of our sin, those who have placed their faith in him, and he paid the penalty, he paid the price. On Good Friday, uh, we talked about he uh, copied or he cut all of my sin and he pasted it onto his shoulders, right? Like he took all of our sin and he placed it on his shoulders and he paid for that. And then on Good Friday, we see that he was uh, buried in the tomb. And in this tomb on Saturday, it began to grow dark. And can you imagine? I want you to just picture with me here for just a few moments that we were disciples of Jesus, right? During that particular time. And uh, we have given our lives. Some of them were uh, generational fishermen. So this is what they did. Their family has always done this for generations, taken over the family business, right? There were tax collectors who made tons of money off the uh, Roman taxes, and they had all of their lives, and they laid it all and said, Jesus, I want to follow you. And they followed him for three years. I mean, he loved them. He took care of them. He did miracles, not only for them, but also for their families and for the people that they followed. They saw Jesus do all of these miracles over and over again. They were there on Palm Sunday as the crowd yelled for him, right? They had this relationship. They knew what he looked like. They knew what he smelled like. They were there uh, in the times of fear. They were there when he was on the Sea of Galilee and the storm came and they thought they were going to die and Jesus came walking on the water to rescue them there in that moment, right? They were there through these entire times. And now it's Saturday. And that same Jesus who walked across the water and that very sea, he 
he was laying in the tomb, right? They saw his body carried to the tomb. And I, and I can imagine it caused them to have some questions, right? Is, is, is Jesus really who he said he was? Is, he claimed all of this, but now he's, he's laying in the tomb. And now what, what's going to happen? We just we left everything to follow him. And now we just saw him take his last breath on the cross. And all of a sudden, I can imagine they have all of these questions. And I don't know if you've ever felt like that with God before, where you had all these questions for God because God wasn't doing exactly what we thought was going to happen, right? Our expectation began to change. And it felt like a Saturday kind of moment. It felt like a Saturday kind of maybe even season for our life of going, God, I don't know what you're even doing here. What's happening here in this moment? And maybe it feels heavy and maybe we have more questions and answers and we're trying to see. And even though they heard Jesus, right? They heard him say all of these promises. They heard him say that he was going to die and three three days later rose again. But I don't know about you, but for me, I I know all of his promises and I, I I claim I don't know all right. Remember, anyway, uh, as we read his promises and as we understand his word and his truth, like we we know him. But sometimes on those Saturday type moments, it can be hard to remember him. Right. It can be hard sometimes to cling to him. And so the disciples are left there on Saturday and it's in this dark moment. And all of a sudden the ladies get together and they as it was their custom, they would head to the tomb to anoint Jesus's body with oils and to straighten up the tomb and to be there for that moment. And that's Sunday morning. I can imagine the sun is coming up and the you know how that nice fog is coming off the ground and they're walking to the tomb. And as they get close to the tomb, they realize that the tomb is open. See, what happened was is they, they, they rolled this large tomb. It was too large for one person to roll. And they took this heavy tomb. All these Roman soldiers rolled it over to cover the tomb because they were worried that somebody may take his body or whatever it may be. And so they rolled the, tomb, uh, the stone over the tomb and they sealed it. And then they put these Roman guards around the tomb to protect it. And as they walked up to the tomb, the guards were gone. And the tomb was open. Can you imagine the scene? I'm sure they don't know what's going on. And as they get closer to the tomb, this is where our story picks up here in Luke chapter 24. We're going to read this together. And we're going to pick out some truths from the resurrection. And what does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? And where do we go from here uh, knowing that this is true? Knowing that this has now happened. And so Luke chapter 24, we're going to start in verse 1. Everybody still okay? Very good. It says this on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. When they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while while he was still with you in Galilee. The son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified on the third day, be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to make uh, to them like nonsense. I mean, come on. It's like a bunch of guys, right? Like the women come to like, what? Anyway, um, Peter, however, got up 
ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, went away wondering to himself what had happened. This scene here on the tomb, they get there, they lean in. The tomb is empty and now there's these two angels in bright light appearing to them and they ask them a question that I hope you and I can just hold on to it until the end of the message. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's saying, why have you come to the tomb, to the cemetery, and, and looking for a God who is now alive? Who is the tomb is empty and we see this begin to happen. But the angels tell the disciples and tell these ladies to do something. They say, remember how he told you. Remember what Jesus said. And we see that Jesus predicted this himself. He said that he would die on the cross three days later. He would rise again. In fact, the prophets predict, uh, predicted this 700 years before Jesus would even come. They predicted in Isaiah. We see that he, they predicted that he would die on the cross and he would rise again from the dead. We see all of these things begin to happen. And the angels look at the disciples and go, hey, remember what Jesus said. And what an amazing reminder for you and I. Right? Because it can be easy to hear the story of Jesus, hear the story of his death and resurrection and head out into the world. And we get busy, right? And God is going to remember what I have said. Remember what I have said about you as my child. Remember what I have said, what I have done with sin. Remember what I have done. And we, we remember what Christ has done inside of our lives. Remember what Christ has done for us. Right? And he gives us this truth of saying we need to remember what Jesus has done for us. And this is a big deal, because if this is true and we remember what Jesus has said, if the resurrection is true, guess what? The resurrection authenticates Jesus. The resurrection proves that Jesus is who he said he was, right? Like this resurrection, because not only did he predict it, but yet it actually happened and it actually came true, authenticates that he is God and that he is holy and everything else begins to cascade down from this moment, right? Because the resurrection allows you and I to lean in and to see that of who Jesus is. And here's the amazing thing is, is that if you and I were to look this up historically, you can prove that Jesus has died and rose again historically, right? Like there are many, many scholars out there who have done all of the research to know that there is a guy named Jesus. He did die on the cross and physical people saw him three days later alive, right? And they have all of these theories of why he was still alive after those, those moments. And they try to explain it all away. But we see that historically we can even prove that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. Why? Because it's true, right? Why? Because it happened. And if it happened, it changes everything. And much like what Jesus does when he comes onto the scene, he changes everything, right? If he comes onto the scene in my life, in my family's life, if I give my life to him, it changes everything. And you and I, knowing that the resurrection is true, remembering what he says, we know that he is God. So everything he said all throughout scriptures, all throughout the gospel, when he said in John chapter 14, the peace I can give you, the world cannot offer to you, the world cannot provide. We can believe that we can hold on to it. In John chapter 16, he begins to tell us more about the Holy Spirit who is dwelling in us. We can believe that, too. Right. We see all the way throughout scripture and we see in John chapter eight, he says, who the son sets free is free indeed. Right. We can believe that. 
Because we know if Jesus took all of my sin on the cross and he paid my debt, he paid for me to be free. In John chapter 11, we see this incredible scene where his friend Lazarus dies on the uh, dies and he's in the tomb for four days and Jesus walks up right and he and he's teaching us not only about who he is but he's teaching us something about the resurrection right here in this moment in John chapter 11 he comes and he says Lazarus come out of that tomb and guess what Lazarus does he goes walking out of the tomb right come back to life after four days walking in the tomb and then when he comes out we see that Jesus is who he says he is and Jesus teaches us something here in, in John chapter 11 and this is big for you and I Jesus said to her I am the resurrection and the life the one who believes in me will live even though they die and whoever lives by believing in me will never die he gives us this truth that the resurrection is a one-time event but more importantly, Jesus is the resurrection. The reason why the resurrection can even happen is because it's Jesus, because he is the son of God and all authority and all power rests on his shoulders. The immense power of God rests in and through Jesus. And get this. I love this little known fact here. The stone, that heavy stone was not rolled away so Jesus could get out. The stone was rolled away so we could peer in and see that he's empty, right? We could see the tomb was empty. His power, he just came out of the tomb. He was already out, but the tomb was rolled away so the disciples could come in and go, oh, he's not here. He is alive, right? The immense power of God that rests inside of your life and my life. And we know that this is true because when you and I place our faith in Jesus, Jesus says that I'm the way, truth, and life. And that those who place their faith in me, I will give them a new life. I will help them be a new creation in Christ. And then he gives us this promise here. We see in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. He says, when you give your life to me, not only am I going to save you. Not only am I taking the punishment of sin and death right in your life. But I am going to give you a new life. And the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is going to live in you. Check this out here in uh, Romans chapter 8. It says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Because Jesus lives, I can now have a new life in him. Because he lives, I will live with him forever. And here's the truth right here. And this is something that you and I can lean on and hold on to. You guys ready for this? Seatbelts on. Everybody waking up? Tap your neighbor. Okay. This right here. Jesus takes the sting of death away. Jesus takes the sting of death away. Look at this here in 1 Corinthians 15. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? You and I have victory in Christ. He takes the sting of death away because we will live forever with Him. I'm talking about generation to generation to generation. We'll live forever with Him those who believe in him and you and I can rest in that fact and because Jesus was resurrected you and I will be resurrected with him and live forever in eternity amen. and that gives us peace right amen that gives you and I peace we I don't know about you but that causes us to live life a little differently doesn't it 
It causes us to have the earthly perspective, which is a little different of going, okay, if that is true, then what I am facing, I can face it head on because Jesus is with me. I can face it head on because the same power that raised Christ from the dead is living in me. And if that is true, Christ has set me free from the penalty and the power of sin. We see in the Bible that sin is rebelling against God, turning from his ways and breaking the law. Right. And we see that because we do that. Right. Because we do that, the punishment is death. And we see that as sin is fleshed out in our lives. Imagine if if sin is running rampant in our marriage running rampant in our relationships, wherever it is, sin is going to bring death. It's going to bring separation, right? And what Jesus says, I've come so that they can have a new life in me. And he gives us this spiritual new life. In John chapter three, he talks about being born again in Christ. He gives us this new life, this new found freedom. Look at this here in Acts chapter 13. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set, what? Free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. He is saying it is not by the good deeds that you can do that I can do, but I am set free from that penalty. I was headed straight to hell and God redirected me and he sent me straight to heaven, not because of what I have done, but because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And if we were to evaluate our lives and when we are walking and rebelling against God and really you think about rebelling, God is here. I turn and I choose the other way around, right? Maybe I choose the world's way. And maybe you've experienced this in your life where you chose that sin. And what did it bring? It brings shame. It brings guilt. It brings this heaviness into our lives, right? It brings this bitterness. It brings this jealousy. It brings this envy, right? Like if I have that envy that is welling up in me where I am choosing, say, finances over the security of God, right? Then now envy is in me and I got to have more, right? Like it drives me. I'll do anything. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll fracture my character. I'll burn this relationship because I got to have it, right? Because it's now controlling me. But God says, I've come to set you free. And he who is free is free indeed, not only free from the, the spiritual bondage that we have before God, but he says also free from the uh, accusation of sin. Right. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you and I, this is kind of the, the point here, gives us power to live in freedom because we receive the power. We're set free. But then also he gives us the power to continue to live into that freedom, right? Every single day we live in that freedom. He gives us the power to do so. And when I begin to pray about the Easter message and even just the season, I feel so strongly about this. The Holy Spirit is just kind of pressed in on my heart, this theme, this theme of freedom. That I believe that we as Christians, if we fully grasp what we have in Jesus, it will change everything about our lives, everything that we face, that God has set us free. And then scripture teaches us, the Holy Spirit guides us, not just for that one moment I prayed at church and I feel really good that day. But no, he's saying, I'm giving this to you so you can live in freedom the rest of your life. I'm giving you this freedom so you don't have to keep going back to what was chaining you down and binding you up. I'm giving you the power to live free every single day. And uh, as I begin to teach this point, I'm always I'm kind of reminded of this story 
Um, me and uh, our, our family, we were kind of young at the time, and uh, now we have four kids. At the time, we had three. In first service, I said I had two kids. I messed up. I'm sorry. Uh, th- but there were three there at the time. And uh, little Bennett, he was on Amanda. I forgot anyway. But uh, so we had two kids, and we were uh, in the mountains. The Clarks were here, there with us as well, and they have five kids. And so we had little kids then, and we thought that this great idea, we're like, oh, there's this uh, mountain. We're going to hike this mountain. It's like a mile, it says on the paper. And uh, we're going to go see this waterfall. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be awesome, right? Let, let's go. Uh, my wife's got the little baby. He's like six months old. He was born premature, too, so he's like tiny on her hip. And then we have like a five-year-old and a, like a four-year-old, right? And they're getting ready to go. They're all excited. We're like, we're going on this hike. We're going to see this mountain. It's going to be awesome, right? And about um, half a mile in, right, all of a sudden the kids are like, Bruh. Their legs are like bricks, you know, and they're like, I can't do this anymore, right? Like, they're just, they're crying. They're like, my legs are hurting. Can we just go home? I don't want to do this, right? But we're already too far in. It would be too long to turn around. It'd be the whole trip just to go back. And so um, I think Jason had like four kids on his shoulders. I take one, I put one on my shoulders, and we head up the mountain. Now, I don't know if you've ever had somebody on your shoulders. Maybe you should try after church. But after about 30 seconds, um, everything's burning, okay? Like, your lungs are burning, your tra- Traps are burning, your back's burning. And so I'm just, I'm, we're carrying them up, we're sweating. And I'm like, is this worth it? Why did I have kids? You know, all this, like, just all of this. And I'm headed up the mountain and we get to the top. And as we get to the top, you can start to hear the roar of the waterfall, right? Like, and all of a sudden, it's like, you know, I start getting a little, my heart starts beating a little faster. I can feel the little legs going on my chest, like they're getting excited. And we turn the corner around this mountain, and you see this giant waterfall. And everybody's just kind of like, <gasps> you can feel the mist of the waterfall coming off. And all of a sudden, it's like, he's like, get me down, get me down, get me down. You know, he's like kicking me. So finally, I lay him down. As soon as his feet hit the ground, he's like jumping. He's like, I got this newfound energy, right? Like all of a sudden, he's like, oh my God, this is that. I told you this was going to be awesome. Look at this waterfall. Look at this thing, right? Like he's all excited. And he's experiencing this awesome thing. They went swimming in it and like this whole big thing. And I began to think about this principle that Jesus gives us power to live in freedom. And just like my son, we don't have the ability to do that. We don't have the strength to do that. And many times in life, I'm like my kid. I'm like, ah, I can't do it anymore, God. I don't have enough strength, right? And he's like, you know what? I will carry you in my might. I will carry you in my power so that you can experience what you can't experience on your own. I'm going to carry you so that you can experience the abundant life in Christ. You can experience the freedom. And now when you live this way, you can't take credit for it, right? Like you can't, we can't take credit for it. It is by the power and grace of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. And his resurrection is proof that you and I can live in freedom and that he's provided a way for you to live that way if we will trust him with everything that we have. And that's the key, right? It's that you and I have to trust him. It's impossible to please God without faith. That's what the Bible tells us, right? That we have to have faith in him. We have to trust that he can get us there. We have to believe that he can allow us on Monday to hold on to our freedom, that he's paid the price. Because as I was explaining earlier, what the devil wants to do is to remind you, right, of all the sin that you have done. See, look, you fell short again. Look, you said that to her again. You said that to him again. You, you acted that way again. And all of a sudden, the condemnation is what? Boom, on top of your shoulders. 
shame, guilt. You're, you're nothing. I can't believe you would do that. The world would be better off without you. Right? Because the devil doesn't fight fair. No, when you're having a bad day, he's like double time, right? He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come to give life and to give it more abundantly, right? And he's saying, no, no, I want you to remember what I have said, not what the devil has said, not what the world says, because the peace that I can give you is not what the world can provide. But you and I have to believe and have faith in what Jesus has done for us. We have to believe what he did for us on the cross. We have to believe that he set us free. And I want to just revisit this question here. The same question that the angel mentioned to the disciples. And the, the angel looks at the disciples and goes, why do you look for the living among the dead? Right? He asked them, why do you look for the living among the dead. You came to this tomb to, to try to find Jesus, but he's not here. He told you he wasn't going to be here, right? But yet you're back looking for him. And I think about oftentimes in our lives how we know that Christ has set us free, right? We know that he took our sin on his shoulders. We know that I am free in Christ and he provides the peace that the world cannot provide. But there's a lot of times we go back to the dead things, right? We go back to the old life or we go back to the old mindset or we go back to the, maybe the things of this world and we try to gain control back, gain whatever it is back and we pick it back up and I feel like Jesus looks down and goes, why are you back in the land of the dead? I've given you life. You're back over here trying to pick those things up again and take control back again of going, you know what? I just got to work harder. I got to get 12 jobs. I got to, you know, whatever it may be. Like, I just got to make this happen. I got to allow this to happen. Or I pick fear back up again, right? I pick worry back up again and go, God, do you see what's happening? I got all this worry, anxiety, this fear and God is going, why are you walking around in the land of the dead? I've given you freedom from all of that. Put that back down and go back over to your freedom. And I, I don't say that lightly because you're, you may be sitting here going, Daniel, it's just not that easy. But God is going, I have made it a way to where it can be the moment where we start taking those steps of faith, right? He's saying, you trust me with that first step. And the first step is always trust and always faith, right? And when I trust, I'm letting go of what's causing that fear, right? I'm letting go of whatever that may be, that security of going, you know what, God? And I'm trusting and I'm placing my faith in you. And everything may not fall into place right there in the moment. But guess what God's going to do? The Holy Spirit's going to go, okay, you're here now. You're trust me now you give me faith now now let's take this step now you need to forgive them now you need to let that go now you need to change this now you need to do that right and that now the holy spirit is leading us we're living by the spirit right but when we get back over here sometimes it's like but i can see this i can control this i can do this right and we try to pick those things back up but god is going no i've called you to live free that's not going to give you peace Christ is going to allow you to live in that free. Not only does Christ make this possible, but he gives us the power to keep going, to keep living in this freedom every single day, every single moment for you and I. And this is why this is so much bigger than you, so much bigger than me, because not only does Christ want to set you free, but Christ wants to set others free by your testimony. 
how you can go, you can look at somebody else's life and they're over here in the land of the living of the dead, right? They're picking all these things up and you're going, hey, I can show you how you can get free from that. I can show you how Christ can help you and walk with you, but I can't show you if I've never experienced it. Right. I can't because if I've never given my life, I've never trusted Jesus with that area of my life, with my whole life, even that I can't guide somebody and go, look, this is how God sets you free. He wants you free. And we have this moment where we can surrender to God. And not only that, but yet now the story becomes so much bigger than just you and I. Now we're talking about a story where God can reach an entire area, an entire low country, right? Your workplace, your family, it becomes contagious where everybody around you goes, oh my goodness, you got something that I need. And that is freedom. It's like you live free. All this stuff, the world is, all this is going on. And it's like you're just walking in the middle of it, knowing that who you are in Christ, that, that no, this earthly thing, right? Like he's already taken the, the sting of death away and he set us free. And we have this supernatural peace that transcends all of our understanding and the things that are going around us as well. And I love this quote by A.W. Tozer. And it says, the resurrection morning was only the beginning of a great grand and vast outreach that has never ended and will not end until our Lord Jesus Christ comes back. Like we have this amazing story of what Jesus has done and what he's doing in us. And you and I don't have to be these grand speakers and know every single truth, but yet we can come back to the death and resurrection of Jesus, right? We can come back just like the disciples, just like the women, they found him at the tomb. They came back to the disciples and go, the tomb is empty. We can start there. The tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. He is who he says he was. He is God. He can. He set me free. He can set you free. Can I introduce you to Jesus? Our mission and vision here at the Bridge Church is to connect people to Jesus daily, right? Because that's where all the power is. He is the resurrection and the life. And I believe that we can trust in him in every step of the way. But it takes the first moment of going, God, I trust you. I place my faith in you. And so I just want to pray as we get ready to close here today. And um, we're going to sing a last song called Living Hope. And I just love that song. It's a beautiful reminder that we serve a God who is living. Amen. That he is alive. The tomb is empty. I have freedom in Christ. And if you don't hear anything else here today, I hope you remember John 8, 36. So if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. You will be free indeed. And that is true. And that is a promise. And we can leave this place being reminded of going, nope, I'm I'm trying to pick that up. I'm dropping it back. I'm freedom in Christ. He has set me free and I'm taking faith steps with him. And I believe that I want to kind of challenge you with this question. I want to lean in a little bit. I love that. One. What do you need God to set you free from? What's weighing so heavy on you right now where you're like, Daniel, I can't really sleep. You know, this is going on. I wake up in the morning. It's just it's right here again. I got this thought again. And I believe that the power of the risen Savior has the power to set us free. 
And there are things that you and I can trust Jesus with. And uh, there's there's maybe some physical things that God may not release automatically. He may. I'm not going to say he won't, but he may. Right. But that more importantly, what he wants to do is set us free spiritually so that no matter what we go through, we know that God is still in control, that God is still on the throne. And that at the end of the day, on my worst day, death, where is your sting? Right. Like I know I am saved and secure in Christ. And so my prayer is, what do you need, God, to set you free from? And so I want to now I'm, I'm going to close here today and I love to pray for a few different levels. But also uh, after Easter, we're heading into a series called Miracles. We want to help awaken the wonder of God, uh, because I believe that if we as Christians learn how to live in freedom every single day, it, it'll radically change our lives. And we're going into a series. What does the Bible say about freedom? How do we live into that freedom? So my prayer is that we'll get connected all the way through that series and and we begin to live free. Amen. We begin to see what God can do in our lives and in our hearts. But what I want to do here this morning is I want to pray uh, first for if you've never given your life to Jesus before and you're hearing this story and you're saying, you know what, I maybe even have gone to church most of my life, but I've never actually surrendered my life to Jesus. I'd love to pray for you here this morning. So if you would, if you bow your heads, pray with me. Uh, If you've never given your life to Christ before, I would love for you to pray this prayer with me. And the Bible says, if you believe that uh, you have fallen short of sin or that you've lived in sin and that you're disconnected from God. The Bible in Romans 10 says, if you confess with the Lord that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. But if you'll pray this prayer with me, you're making that declaration. We'll just pray this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I know that I'm separated from you. God, I ask that you would save me. I place my faith in you, Jesus. God, I ask that you would change me. God, I pray that you would set me free. So with every head still bowed and every eye still closed, if you prayed that prayer, I don't know if you just shoot your hand up because I want to pray for you. Just say, Daniel, I prayed that prayer here this morning. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. If you prayed that prayer here today, I'm praying for you. All right, the rest of the church, if you look up at me real quick, what I would like to do is just to pray for us. And uh, maybe that question's rolling around in your mind of, what do you need God to set you free from today? And my prayer is that we walk away free from whatever's weighing us down, whatever's holding us back here in this moment. And so I want to spend just a few moments. So if you want to, you can take a few moments and just pray whatever it is to God. And I'm going to pray with you and for you. But maybe you just picture that one thing and you picture laying it at the feet of Jesus here, right here in this moment. So let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you so much for your truth. Thank you for each and every person here today. God, I I know that there are some things in our life that we're holding on to. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will begin to set people free. God, I pray that if maybe somebody in this room is captivated by fear and worry, that right now in the name of Jesus, God, that your power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead living in us, God, would move and work inside of our hearts. God, I pray that maybe somebody is battling with any sort of addiction or whatever that may be, anything that they just keep going back to over and over again. God, I pray that you set them free 
right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that uh, everybody, as our hearts and our minds, we're clinging on to those things. God, I pray that their fingers would just release it, God. Their minds would release it. Their hearts would release it. That the Holy Spirit would begin to speak inside of the, our hearts, inside of our lives. That our soul would feel free in this moment, God, of knowing that you have set us free. Knowing that we can live in that freedom, God. I pray that you would bind the enemy in our lives. God, I pray that we would go forward knowing who we are in you, that you have set us free, God. And I pray that this Easter story is, the, is a start of something fresh, something new, God. That the Holy Spirit has taken us to a whole nother level in our relationship with you, God. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.